Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 69 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things Toronto Blue Jays related. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and joining me is always from the beautiful Bloomfield, Ontario, my co-host, Riley McConnell. Riley, how are you today? I'm good. Very cold, Jesse. As you know, the weather has taken a turn. We're in the sub-zero weather. Snow's on the field. The players are off the field, but moves are still being made, man. Um, yeah. It's cold, brother. We're Canadian. You got the two. You got the two. God, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm bundled up in a long sleeve and a hoodie, man. We're rocked in, geared up, and uh, ready to dive into some fairly big news. Yeah, we might be cold, but the Blue Jays' hot stove is red hot, and we have a lot to get to in this episode. Riley, Teoscar Hernandez was traded. What? Where did that come from? Man, we got to dive into that. We'll give you our takes. What this means for the club, Blue, and for going forward. Plus, we have some forty-man roster moves, and we have so much more. But first. Remember, our show is free and we're available on all platforms. So please like the damn video, guys. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. It really is a good way to help the show grow. And if you are one of our many listeners listening on our podcast streaming platforms, please leave us a five-star review on there as well. Riley, enough of the courtesy. You're ready to dive right into this? Ready to jump, leap, whatever you want to call it, man. All right, Riley, here is the trade. The Blue Jays are trading outfielder Teoscar Hernandez for right-handed pitcher Eric Swanson and 22-year-old left-handed pitcher Adam Mako from the Seattle Mariners. Riley, I know this was a shock to both of us to see this yesterday morning. We took in a day to recover to like recoup our thoughts on this. What's your first thoughts? So let's go back to tomorrow. My initial thoughts were, man, stings a little bit. Teoscar's been does, a long it? time Blue Jay. Um you know, he's a powerful bat for us. He he patrols the outfield fairly well in a, in a team that we realized didn't have the best outfield depth when push came to shove. Right. We Like you said, we had a day to think about it. Um, not really, an, um, you know, big on the Mariners roster, but I do know that Swanson um, had one hell of a year last year with a sub two ERA. Um, m- minimal innings on that side, yeah, like you know, it's a, think, something like that. It's it's a it's a sample size, whatever you want to call it. But those are still pretty good numbers. I mean, and then I got thinking about Teoscar's contract. I mean, we got I, in a way, Jesse. You can look at it like this: we freed up some room. There's an available spot for another veteran outfielder to play, or however the Jays want to tackle it. And yeah, we got something for Tay Oscar because, you know, we traded him. We didn't just lose him next year for nothing. I think the Jays were trying to be proactive in that way. I really don't know, man. At the end of the day, it sucks to lose a good player. You hope the return will be good. That's that's really all, man. It's, it sucks to lose Tao, but you hope that Swanson and the prospect turn out to be pretty good for the Blue Jays. Right. That's the main reason why they traded Tay Oscar Hernandez too. I think they saw what you saw. Um, he was due to make 14.1 million face of MLB trade rumors. And also like, yeah, he was a free agent at the end of next year. So the Blue Jays are doing exactly that. They're trying to make sure they get something for their star player here. But let me tell you, Riley, losing Tay Oscar Hernandez is going to suck. He was so valuable for this team. He's a, in fact, he's a top 30 hitter in all of baseball, two-time silver slugger award winner. Um, and since 2020, he has a 132 WRC plus Riley, 21st best in baseball, ahead of guys like Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts. In fact, Fangraphs had Teoscar projected to hit 29 home runs with a 121 WRC plus this year. And like that's going to be really hard to replace in this lineup. Like our offense, 100%. And now, I know we're not done in the offseason. We're going to add more. There's going to be more done. But as it looks right now, our offense has taken a step back going into next year. 
Oh, for sure. But our pitching takes a step up. Uh, yep. Whatever role they want to assign, assign Swanson, I'm sure it's going to be a starting role to see how he handles it there. But, you know, a vital middle part of the order, Teo. You remember that shortened season, the COVID shortened season? Yeah, he was how awesome that year. T- T- Teo was incredible that year. You know, took a bit of a slide step. Uh, last year, I feel like that was kind of just the the moral was was everyone kind of took a step back and everything kind of just averaged out. But at the end of the day, Teo, fan favorite, you know, longtime Blue Jay. We got something for him. It sucks that he couldn't, you know, finish out. But, you know, who knows what he could have asked at the end of that free agency. We probably would have lost him for nothing next yeah, year. Well, so it's good. To, maybe a draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's still good to see some return, you know, and we hope we can fill that spot as suited. Because like you said, Je- Jesse, one of the better hitters, one of the best right hitting power hitters in the league always hurts, man. We will talk more about Eric Swanson and about Adam Mako, the prospects we got in there. But I want to finish up our, like, our conversation here on Teoscar Hernandez. I've got a few fallouts from this trade, Riley, and I want to kind of know what your thoughts are. All right. So we'll start with the first one here. Does losing Teoscar Hernandez from this lineup put more pressure on guys like George Springer and Matt Chapman to stay healthy and perform? Uh, do we need bigger seasons from Bo Bichette or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for this team to reach their high offensive potential? I mean, of course, like you start with um, the healthy George Springer. We know what a healthy George Springer can bring to this ball club. And you hope, I mean, uh, next year, I don't think I'll give Matt Chapman any sort of excuse. He's had the time to recover from the injury. Yeah. We'll see how he does. His hip injury now, so he should be. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, it's for sure. It's a setback, but um I mean, the meat of the, your question, Jesse, though, is, yeah, of course you want big power years by Vlad. He took a step back, man. Bo, eh, not really a step back. but again, Mildly like, inconsistent, though, from Bo this year. Oh, mildly, mildly all over the place. I would <laughs> yeah. say wildly all yeah, over the place. Yeah, that's a better word. But, but, uh, but Jesse, yeah, you, you ho- always hope for better power numbers and losing tail, big power bat. I think Vladdy's going to turn it on more in the power numbers. I mean... Same thing goes for our catchers. If George Springer can stay healthy, he's he's facing the clock right now on his career, but we still got him on our team. He, he will be there opening day. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, it would be good to, it would be great to get production out of him and Chapman for sure. The older guys on the team. Um, basically, yeah. Last year, you saw where we finished. We were the top wildcard seed and in a tough division. Um, Teo, didn't do it like a ton. He's still a great player, but at the end of the day, we did it as a unit. And Teoscar yeah. helped with that, though. Like his three Te- more definitely helped. Oh, for for sure. Oh, Teoscar is in a he's a well above average power hitter. He's got above average foot speed and a well above average throwing arm. He's got some good tools as a, as a corner outfielder. Man, any team would be happy to have the guy. I mean, he was a Blue Jay for. I think since 2015 or 2016. So you know what? Losing them in 2022 to start the 2023 year, you know, it kind of stings a little bit. But like we, like we said, we got something in return. I hope the return comes back and, is, and puts up, you know, above average appearances for our team. I hope so. Absolutely. I have a few more questions about the fallout from uh, this trade here. One, um, the Jays did cut uh, Bradley Zimmer and Rymel Tapia. We'll touch on that a little later in the episode, but we are now missing three of our five outfielders we had last year. And plus, George Springer is dealing with that elbow and his concussion-like syndromes, and Lourdes Scurriel Jr. is recovering. Is outfield depth on this team going to be a problem? Now, I say that. We all assume the Blue Jays are going to add some outfielders, but until they do, is this going to be a problem for this team next year? I mean, so 
you hope that Springer comes back healthy. You hope that Lourdes fixes whatever the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. But um, the concern level is, is, is I would say, fairly high for me personally okay. for what Tay Oscar can do for this team. Um, you know, hopefully they do bring in good replacement hitters. I mean, I don't know if you'll find as good of a power hitting free agent as Tay Oscar, but then again, let's compliment this team with some other tools. Perhaps we know we got the power with the bats. Hopefully that rocks and we can get a, you know, a guy who can maybe or a guy who can, you know, take the ball the other way. We'll see what happens here. You know, we're, we're still in mid uh, November we can uh, find replacements as things stand right now. If the season started tomorrow, which it doesn't, so we don't have to worry about this too much, but would you be comfortable with a platoon outfield of Whit Merrifield, Kevin Biggio and Nathan Lucas? Is that enough? If we had to start the season with those guys, I think that that's a goofy question. Of course not, yeah. Jesse. We're yeah. gotta, okay, we got to look, for, we got to <laughs> look, we got to look elsewhere. My guy, we got to look elsewhere, my guy, and we will. And Lawrence is going to be there. And Springer is going to be there. We will find another outfielder. Um, I'm sure of it. I don't think Whit Merrifield's going to start the season in right field. If he does, then I hope that we've added depth or mm-hmm. a great impact piece somewhere else. Hopefully, bullpen or starting pitching. And I mean a significant impact if our right fielder is Whit Merrifield. But hey, we got lots of time to rock this thing. I mean, I'm just I'm just kind of ticked we lost Teo. It but sucks. there's it other really ways. does suck. There's there really is other ways. You got to re- you got to replace him with with other tools, some complimentary players. We'll see how um, how our GMs handle this. I have some faith in Atkinson and his crew, but at the end of the day, we lost a fan favorite. And a good player, too. A, a, a great player. I mean, since his tenor with the Jays, I don't even have to look. He's probably had the most home runs with us since 2015. You don't have to look up that stat. I'm just fairly <laughs> certain it's true because he's been, he's been there a long time and a veteran guy losing him like that. Yeah, it stinks. All right. Do we think that losing to Oscar Hernandez is going to dramatically affect clubhouse chemistry? Because we've seen how fun he was, how good he was with the Dominican players and even guys like Matt Chapman and stuff. Are we worried that losing him is going to put a negative effect on the clubhouse? I don't think it'll uh, prove negative, but it's certainly going to take away from the positivity, man. Teo is blessed. They always, I I see tweets and um, posts, whatever. Oh, best smile in baseball, Derek Mm -hmm. Jeter. Not a chance, Tay Oscar Hernandez. Tay Oscar Hernandez has got the best smile on the face of the earth, man. He's he's just a a ray of sunshine. He's a pleasant Mm -hmm. guy, man. I don't think it's going to have a negative impact, but it takes away from the chance for a a well, big positive impact. You look at guys like leadership, like Chapman out there. um, You got... Vladdy having some fun in there. Like there's a whole lot of good pieces in this clubhouse and Teo is certainly one of them. You know, it may, it's going to put, um, it's going to make some other guys step up. And I think that's okay. Does now losing Teoscar Hernandez. Does this mean that George Springer is going to be moving to right field full time next year? I have my thoughts. I think I kind of want him to go to right field, but I think now you have the option of keeping George Springer in center. If you sign a right fielder or if you sign a center fielder, you can move George to right. Riley, what are your thoughts? I think next year, um, I think he still plays 60, 40. I still think he plays 60% of the games in center field, 40 and right, depending on the layout of this team. Now, the way I explained it just there with the 60, 40 ratio, um, that's, you know, Based off, we didn't get a superstar guy who just plays center field. Right. We got our wits and we got our visios and things like that. 
But yeah, there's a big chance that he moves to right field full time. There's also a chance that he stays in center field full time. Jesse, it all depends on the moves they want to make, but it certainly opens up the opportunity for George Springer to move to right field. Now, Ross Atkins did say at uh, one of the press conferences after trading Teoscar Hernandez that how he can make the sales pitch to free agents and trade acquisitions, that there is now playing time available in the uh, Blue Jays outfield, which previously with all the guys we had, you couldn't guarantee that. So I think he's going to use that as a tactic. And we might really see the Blue Jays make a push at an outfielder here in the free agency. We'll bring up some names a little later in the episode. I'm sure if you've been on Twitter, you've seen some of the rumors, but I think that's important. And I do think the Jays are going to throw some money at an outfielder this year. And I have not seen these names yet because Mm. like most people out there, I work long, hard days and I'm just signing on now. (laughs) I've been away from all technology. So I'm super excited to hearing these names absolutely live because yeah, I love a a juicy trade rumor. I love a juicy signing rumor because, um, oh, I just know they're going to be, I know they're going to be good. My boy, Jesse was getting me pumped before the episode. No no spoilers, (laughs) but just, you know, feed me just a little bit just to get me pumped. All right. I have one more thought on Teoscar before we move on here. The Blue Jays are saving the 14.1 million he was projected to make, which opens up enough money you want to sign another good player, another high impact piece. Do you think this is now Ross Stripling type money that the Jays are going to give him? Or do you think they go for the real high AAV player, like sign a Jacob deGrom or Justin Verlander after shipping out to Oscar Hernandez? I mean, wow. Those names are huge. They I are, mean, they are. Ab- absolutely. Um, and that what an impact they would be right off the bat. The, the only, my only thought with those guys is you, those are contract. Those guys don't want contracts till they're 40 years old. Yeah. It'd be a lot of money, probably a shorter term, like three or four years for both of those guys. But yeah. Yeah. Which you could see some falling off, but Jesse for right now, after what we witnessed last year, I'm really about to now we'll eat it later, man. Let's go and win a championship, man. I'm all aboard forever. That's right, baby. Let's go. It's been a, it'll be officially what, like 30 years, man. So too damn long, too damn long. I think 93. Yeah, you do the math correctly. 2023. Let's um, <clears throat> let's do that. Let's let's bring it home that way, man. But yeah, wow, those are some big names, and absolutely, you can't get enough starting pitching, man. If you have five starters that are rock solid, I mean, you don't even have to hit half the time. You let you let those guys go seven innings. You let the bullpen take care of the last two innings, and you score three, four, or five runs. It's a good recipe. And you win those ball games. Oh, great recipe, man. It's a f- foolproof, brother. Foolproof. <laughs> if only you were in the manager's chair, Riley. This is how you yeah. saw it up, eh? Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, do you have a favorite Teoscar Hernandez moment or memory with this time with the Blue Jays? Like, we're saying goodbye to a guy who's been with us for five, six years now. It's It's got to be a few. So, absolutely, man. Uh, first thing, um, early in our channels, um, you know, release whatever our early videos we predicted, you know, certain things. One thing I did predict was Tay Oscar would hit the first Blue Jays home run. He absolutely did in 2022. Big one, big one this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Tay Oscar's a big game player. And I want to go back to the COVID shortened season. Like that guy mashed, absolutely mashed. And I wish he could have done that for a full 100. 162 games because that would have been a career year for him. It still was if you average everything out. Yeah. Um, you won a silver slugger that year. So, uh, oh, yeah, I know. Twice, two, uh, two times silver slugger, I think you said. And yeah, I hope I, hey, man, at the end of the day, I hope he goes to the Mariners. They're not a 
division rival. Yes, it's still in the American League, but I think he'll do fine. I really hope he finishes his career out well. You know, he's on the wrong side of 30, as they say. I mean, he's not super old, but I still think he's got some years left in the league and he's going to have one heck of a career. You know, for sure, definitely not a Hall of Famer or anything like that. Uh, you could, but might he, make a case. We'll see. But that's a story we'll for another day. Yeah. Oh, man, if this podcast is running in 2030, whatever, <laughs> we'll talk about. I don't. Oh, we might have that discussion. We might not. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, man, the best smile in all of baseball. I mean, you love you love the guy just to watch him. He's a fun presence. He got along with the boys. You know, he, like he just a guy that, you know, I'm sure his English isn't perfect, but you'll wish you could just sit down and have just fluid conversations with oh, him sure just could. about anything and yeah. just uh, and just ask him anything because he just seems like a genuinely good person. All right, Teoscar, we will miss you. We are definitely rooting for you here at Buds and Blue Jays. We wish you nothing but the best in your time with Seattle, uh, reunited with old friends, Ryan Barucki, Robbie Ray, and others. So have fun. We will definitely be cheering for you in every game you play this year, except when you play our Toronto Blue Jays. So good luck to him. But Riley, let's talk about now some of the pieces that the Blue Jays got back. We're going to miss a guy, but there are two exciting names here. And let's start with the bullpen guy. We got right-handed pitcher Eric Swanson. So he's six foot three, 220 pounds. He's under team control until 2026. And we know how much Ross Atkins loves his team control for controllable young relievers. He does have a minor league option remaining. So in case we do have to send him down for whatever reason, we can do that. He's a three-pitch pitcher. Fastball throws about 94 miles per hour. He throws about 55% of the time. A changeup. 84 miles per hour. That's the 10 mile per hour difference. I know we like that for our pitchers. He throws it about 25% of the time and he's got a slider, um, which about 85 miles per hour throws it 20% of the time. We tweeted from our Twitter account, Buds Jays, some clips of Eric Swanson throwing all three of his pitches and what they look like. So go check it out there or you can find it on YouTube or anywhere else. Um, he was awesome this year, Riley. Pitched to a 186 ERA with the ERA estimators to match it. Only had 10 walks, only gave up three home runs, and had 70 strikeouts in his 53 and a third innings pitch. And a guy who limits hard contact. He'll be in the back end of our pen and will definitely be a high leverage guy for the Blue Jays for years to come. So, Riley, what are your thoughts on Eric Smith? First thing that jumps out at the at me, man, is the seven to one uh, case to walk. Yeah, that's seven, huge. 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 That is something that... We have not had with with our pitchers, and I mean, listen, the whip ERA, a whip under one, an ERA under two. So those numbers right there, I don't care if you're talking 50 innings. It's still, there's still really good numbers, and I'll take that chance. I think that he's going to be a fine addition. And I do like the I do like the pitch mix. I don't care if he's right-handed or left-handed. I almost prefer a right-handed guy at this point out of the bullpen. I mean, in a way, maybe uh, matches a little bit Manoa. You kind of counter him and Manoa. Sure. I know they got a little bit of the same stuff, but a lot different in some ways. So you know, he could be a fun reliever to use at some points. Riley, a lot of Jays fans are saying, yeah, the guy can get strikeouts, but he also only throws 94. Where's our high-impact velocity guy? Are you upset we didn't acquire someone who can throw a little harder here? Hey, anytime you're not getting... Anytime you're not pitching and hitting the barrel, you're doing something right. I don't care if you're throwing 91. I don't care if you're throwing 101. If he's throwing 94 and he's not giving up 
a ton of home runs, if he's not giving up a ton of extra base hits, and he's not walking guys, I'll take it, man. Like I said, so find somewhere in the middle, 94, yeah, that was real fast at one point. Seems on the lower end of things, but honestly, I'm okay with it. We got a good p- pitching coach in Pete Walker. I'm sure, I'm sure that we can develop him into something even more than he already is. Don't tinker too much now. I mean, he did just come off of a really good season. Yeah, what he's doing is working. But if there's... Oh, absolutely. If there's adjustments to be made, then then by all means, a Pete Walker can work with a man. I feel like it's I feel like it's a really good piece. I feel like it's a really good addition. We need arms. We know that we need arms. And we went out and we got, you know, let's say for a part of the year was one of the most effective players in the MLB. We got that player. So I'm okay with that. I do think the Jays looked around Major League Baseball and we saw that uh, I think it was Robert Suarez well, the Jays were interested in, but he never got to free agency as San Diego gave him a big five-year extension. We saw the contract that Edwin Diaz just resigned for in New York, which was a lot of money. And I think Ross Atkins saw the price it's going to take to acquire these high-end relief pitchers. And I think he knew he had to trade a very good piece to get a good relief pitcher. Riley, the only question I have is why now? Why did the Blue Jays make this move when they did this early in the offseason when they probably could have waited a little more? Do you think they're up to something? They wanted to free off money really quick. What's your thoughts? I mean, my thought is exactly that. So this is going to start a a chain of events. I mean, the trade was made on the 16th of November. It's currently the 17th of Mm -hmm. November. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of offseason left. Um, I can't say if it's before Christmas, after Christmas, but at some point in this offseason, we will acquire a very good outfielder to fill those shoes as per dollar amount or even per se who I don't know. But there is going to be a big addition that space that was freed up that we're not moving backwards here. This is not rebuild. This, the Toronto Blue Jays are not rebuilding. If we were rebuilding, it would have been tail for maybe just a prospect and a couple platoon players. This is an, is an impactful trade in a lot of ways and primarily to free up some room to, I mean, it could be tomorrow, it could be a month from now, potentially get another outfielder. I like that call. If we're sitting here at spring training and the Blue Jays haven't spent a ton of money, then there's going to be a problem, but we still have time. And I think we're going to be okay with that. Riley, let's touch on the prospect that Blue Jays received. And I got some fun stuff on this guy. We've received left-handed pitching prospect. Adam Mako is his name. He's 21 years old. He'll be 22 next month. He's a seventh round pick in 2019. He pitched to a 377 ERA in Seattle's high A club, but a strikeout per nine of over 14, which was third best in the whole league. (laughs) Isn't that pretty good? You like that one? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's an astronomical number. Holy cow. Ross, oh. Ross Atkins um, said they were very excited to get this guy as he was someone they were targeting back in the 2019 draft. And here's what one scout said about Adam Mako. He said, if he can stay healthy, he's got a shot at becoming an absolute shutdown high leverage reliever. At this stage, given his injury history and his track record with his command, I put the likelihood of him being a starting pitcher pretty low, but he could be as good as like prime bat Brad Hand or maybe even what Billy Wagner was way back when. Um, so what an outcome that would be if we get this out of uh, Adam Mako. So if you're going to give me a player comp and say Billy Wagner, that's a real Billy good. Wagner, but, you know, career average Billy Wagner. Career average Billy Wagner is okay. That one hits home. I know how good of a closer Billy Wagner was because I knew everything about baseball about two decades ago. And Billy Wagner was one of the most prolific well-renowned closers in all of the MLB. So you're telling me a seventh round wide router could potentially be that. 
I'll hint at that chance, man. Yeah, if his control isn't there, if he's had some problems with injury, putting him in the pen and what I'll assume is going to be high A ball or New Hampshire next year. Probably. We'll yeah. see. Uh, we'll see what he does. I mean, you want to talk about a high rate of strikeouts, man. If he can continue with that in our system, he's going to make waves, man. We're going to be taught. We could potentially be talking about this guy down the road for sure. And I'm sure we will be Jesse. Yeah, remember this name. Um, he's kind of cool. He was born in Slovakia, which is more of like a hockey country. So a guy to get a produce a baseball talent, which is kind of crazy. Some of our Blue Jays best prospects now. We have guys born in the Netherlands, guys born in Slovakia. It's kind of cool. And he's got some Canadian heritage. I think he went to school in Alberta. It's also a chance he will play for Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic this March. So if that is the case, that'll be really exciting. In terms of his recordar, he throws four pitches. He can throw strikes with all of them. Fastball sits about 92 to 94, but there is hope that that can improve up to 96 and plus. He pairs his curveball and his fastball really well. He can throw all of his pitches for strikes. He gets really good spin and whiff rates on his fastball. He kind of short arms it like uh, Lucas Giolito does and what Trevor Bauer did, which can help induce a lot of spin on your fastball, which helps get a lot of pop-ups. I think he's going to be a really good pitcher, this Adam Mako kid. I would assume so, man. With comps like that, and a nice pitch mix like that, a four-pitch guy who can be deceitful, good, a lot of spin rate. And Jesse, a lefty. Man. A lefty, uh, I know. <laughs> oh, oh, man, it's always got to be the lefty. I love I love those credentials. He certainly, I mean, from the sounds of it, he sounds like he's got a very promise, especially for a guy in the seventh round in 2019. I mean, I wish the Jays would have took him in the sixth round, but let's sure. not go there. If they were looking at him, but hey, He's in our system now, and yeah, quite excited, man, because he I'm sure he will maybe not progress through the ranks at elite speed, but I'm sure we'll be talking about him, man. Uh, well, Riley, are you ready for some rumors? Get your whispers out. Keep your ears closed because we've got some Blue Jays rumors. Fire up the rumor mill. Fire Let's go. up that rumor mill. All right. Well, shortly after the Blue Jays announced their trade for Teoscar Hernandez, rumors came out that the Blue Jays were interested in signing outfielder Brandon Nimmo. So, Riley, I know you know who that is. Give me your first initial reaction on Brandon Nimmo if he were to become a Blue Jay. So, I like Brandon Nimmo. This is a guy mm. that takes a, a, a short approach to the ball at the plate. He's got well above average defense. He's got, you know, pretty average speed, above average speed at that. He's um he's what you would call a three and a half to four tool player. Everything's there kind of but the power. I mean, a good corner outfielder. I like Brandon Nimmo. It's a guy we probably haven't seen a lot playing in the National League East. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's a fun one, man. It's certainly not an elite piece, but this is a very good good baseball player and he he's still i mean in a way jesse he's still kind of developing a little bit i yeah. know he's almost 30 or 30 but he didn't start his mlb career until his mid-20s around there i mean he still has room to grow too so that would be a real fun one you can absolutely see why the blue jays are interested in this guy he's hit left-handed he can play center now he's not the best but he he can hold his own he's better than like rymal tapia if he were to play center or anything like that doesn't really run the bases that well, but and he's like you said, he's not really much of a power bat, although he did hit 16 home runs last year, so there is maybe a chance he can get him. But where Brandon Nimmo stands out, Riley, is he's an on-base machine. I know Billy Bean, Riley, would love this guy. <laughs> um, he's not particularly durable, which is a problem, but he has produced at a high level. If you've gone back and look at Brandon Nimmo's OBPs or on-base, he's constantly run a high bat hit, but that could be due to his high-line drive approach. Fangrass has him projected to receive about a five-year, $100 million contract, so about $20 million a year. It is a lot. 
Uh, I think my comp on what Brandon Nimmo could be is Prime's Shinsu Chu. And you might remember how good Shinsu Chu was, especially when he signed with the Rangers there and we saw him in the playoffs. He had some really good years, always underrated and an on-base machine. And plus, he's a different type of hitter. This is the type of thing Ross Atkins has been saying he wanted to diversify the lineup. And I think it means even more now after trading to Oscar Hernandez. There's some real buzz here that Brandon Nimmo could become a Blue Jay. So this sounds, this absolutely makes sense. So when I, going back to what I said about finding complimentary players, Jesse, this is a guy that's a complimentary player, a corner outfielder, great contact bat, a guy who's potentially going to be at the top of the order. I mean, I like it. I like it quite a bit, Jesse. It's um, if, if the trigger is pulled, I'll love it. If it's not, we'll shop elsewhere, but it's certainly, it's certainly peaked my interest to hear this uh, because Nemo's such an interesting player. He gets he gets on base. He plays fairly good defense. And we need a guy who's going to be at the top of the lineup, you know, hitting first or second, I assume second, and um, going to be able to get cashed in by our big boys around the bases. If you look at his war totals, I'm just uh, pulling it up here for the last few years. He's been healthy. Uh, 5.4 war last year, Riley, which was awesome. 3.3 the year before, and in the COVID-shortened season, he had 1.7 in only 60 games. So there's good stuff from Brandon Nimmo. And like you said, there's a chance he might even still be getting better here. Um, I think he's the second-best outfielder on the market after only Aaron Judge, and I'd be very, very surprised if the Blue Jays try to go for Aaron Judge. So I think this is a good fit. I think we're going to keep tabs on this going forward. Yeah, a good complimentary piece, a guy that doesn't strike out a lot, a guy that... uh... A guy who's really, at the end of the day, you can say it's a corner outfielder, replace Teo. And yeah, we're not getting a big basher, power hitting bat, but we got maybe one of the best guys to get on base and getting bat on ball. All right. Another rumor that the Blue Jays have been uh, keeping their eyes on or that it's circling the internet here is that the non-tender deadline is this weekend, Riley. And there is a chance that the Los Angeles Dodgers decide to non-tender Cody Bellinger. And if that is the case, I think the Jays would also be very interested. Left-handed hitter. He plays exceptional defense. Great arm, can run really well. Uh, He's not the MVP award winner he was a few years ago, but there is still that stuff in there. He's got a lot of swing and miss in his game, but some people think, hey, maybe this guy just needs a change of scenery. Roger Center is a great place to hit, and he could be primed for a bounce back. So if if the Jays, or the Dodgers, sorry, non-tender Cody Bellinger, keep an eye on that. I think I would be very on board for this guy. So the only problem I have with that, Bellinger's a real West Coast guy, real chill guy. The only problem I have with that is weed is legal in Canada. So we might have the same problem hitting. If he goes down to Texas and plays for the Rangers, he might have a 45 home run season and end up capturing the AL um, MVP. You know what? Bellinger's a weird case. He's won an MVP award Mm -hmm. and honestly – um, has had an okay year after it and then is really nowhere to be found. His value is that of someone who has diminished since the clock turned 2020. Cody Bellinger has been one of the more quiet superstars in all of the MLB. If you want to even refer to him as a superstar, yeah, I, I don't anymore. know if you can say he's a superstar anymore. Hey, man, there's no question that he was at some point. And the, the problem is, Jesse, he's still he's still very young. He's still uh, he's yeah, still 27. He, he's yeah. he's still in the he's still playing in the lineups. It's almost like that's like if you if Nate Pearson in his second year won 20 games and then this happened, except that didn't happen. So Bellinger year, goes Riley. out. 
Okay. <laughs> Bellinger goes out and wins an MVP and does nothing after that. My worries is that he's going to he's going to cost an arm and in a leg and it's going to end up that contract's going to end up hurting us because we're going to have to play Bellinger. Yes, he's a left-handed bat. Yes. I absolutely love the defensive metrics that uh, are attached with Cody Bellinger cuz he can literally play all all three fields. Primarily, you'd want him in center field. And there is the chance, Jesse, that he explodes with the bat. Now, I can't even tell you how many home runs I think he could hit in the Rogers Center. It could literally be anywhere from 10 to 45. I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. We have no idea. We know what he can do. We also know what he can do on a bad year. So we'll say can't do, Jesse. It's a funny one for me. I would still at this point, it would be a risky move. High risk, but high reward. You know me, I am a sucker for upside. Hence why I love guys like Yusei Kikuchi. Hence why I'm still holding on to Nate Pearson after you guys repeatedly tell me not to. Uh, Cody Bellinger is full of upside, but you're right. The walk rate has been disastrous. The strikeout rate has gone up dramatically. It's going to be really tough for him to bounce back to these MVP levels, but uh, keep an eye on that. I think the Blue Jays kind of need a player with a better floor, but hey, if it clicks, it's amazing. Maybe if this were the Blue Jays of like 2018, take a flyer on Cody Bellinger, but I don't know so much this year. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a well, well different story because the Dodgers would you know, never let him go uh, mm, at that yeah. point in his career. But whatever. That's another name. It's a fun name. It's another left-handed bat. Um, another outfielder, um, of course, probably, you know, the pedigree attached to his name is quite high just because of his MVP season. But, you know, he's not who he was in previous years. If well, I actually don't know what direction he is going in, and that's <laughs> the scary part. I do not think we should take the chance on him if he is not tendered by his team. This is not going to be. Hey, if it pays off for whoever wants to go after him, that's great. But I don't know if it's the best idea in the world. I think that our options are still broader than going and getting Cody Bellinger. Well, how about this guy, Riley, as a better option? Now, last episode, we went deep on Cody Senga and talked a lot about him. And we thought about what he might bring to the Toronto Blue Jays. But there is another player out of Japan that the Blue Jays may be interested. And I'm sure I don't know if you know much about him, Riley, but his name is Mastaka, Mastaka Yoshida. I think that's right. Uh, he's 29 years old. He's played in Japan for about the last seven years. He's got a career slash line, Riley, of 326, a 419 on base percentage, and a 538 slugging percentage with more walks than strikeouts. So let me say that again. That's another high contact guy the Blue Jays love. And he only struck out in 9.4% of his uh, plate appearance, Riley, which would have been tied for second best in baseball if he was in the majors. Tied with Stephen Kwan. Only um, Luis Arise of the Twins had a better strikeout rate than there. The contract might look something similar to what Seiya Suzuki signed with the Cubs about five years, 86 million or so. And you can see why the Blue Jays like this guy, guy with good bat to ball skills, a guy with tools, a guy who can play defense. What are your thoughts on this rumor? I Again, I like it. I like the bat to ball skills guy. So this falls into the category with Nemo too is, um, is, is that he's, he puts on a great display of contact. He doesn't strike out a lot. He takes his walks. Um, the difference is, Jesse, this guy has not faced MLB pitching, which yes. can literally go either one of two ways. You mentioned Stephen Kwan, who I think had an amazing year. It's, I mean, a lot of times there's big names that come over from Japan. As far as a lefty hit is, there's been Ichiro, there's been Hideki Matsui. Stephen Kwan is is right up there. Yeah, of course, he didn't have the same year as Ichiro, but... Um, That's hard he, to ask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. the guy, yeah, he didn't have... So, 62 hits or anything 
that. Yeah. But Stephen Kwan had a great year, and, and you can find a bat anywhere that gets you, I mean, on base anytime you're taking your walks, not striking out, and being productive on the base pass, I think that's really important. Yeah, it could go either way, though, with not facing MLB pitching. He could come right in and adapt, or he could flounder. We don't know what's going to happen with that. It's, it's tough with these international prospects, especially guys coming from Japan. We saw Yusei Kikuchi struggle his first time here. Now, not everybody can be Shohei Otani when they come over. Shohei Otani is a freak of nature. But we've seen guys like Seiya Suzuki. He struggled in his first season with the Cubs. Hassan Kim, he's a little different because he came from Korea, but he also struggled his first year in San Diego. He's done a little better now. So this might be one of those things where you kind of take an L the first year just to hope he builds up to be a guy. I don't know if the Blue Jays are in position to do something like that, but there's interest and you can see why. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, international prospects, um, especially Japan, seems to be the hot spot. It always has been for a lot. You get really experienced ball players who come in, you know. And this guy, he's not—he's not 23. He's not 24. He's almost 30. So you were—I would say there would be more leniency with me if he was 23, 24. I would like a, what I would be considered a middle through his career guy um, yep. to be impactful right away. I think that's important with that. I would be way more patient with the age of Shohei or Steven Kwan, but Hey man, I, so yeah, I wanted, I, I like the impact right away. I mean, I'm a patient guy, but Jesse, we got to remember the state of this Toronto blue Jays team. We are in win now mode. I mean, mm -hmm. we've, we've been, we were patient in like 20, 17 2018 when vladdy bo cavin whoever wasn't even playing in the bigs yet we were very patient back then the hype was real back then they're on the field now they're they've played seasons with us man they're not rookies anymore they're not mm -hmm. sophomores anymore we need to provide them with players that are going to now, right who are helping us now man i, I mean Let's go. Like, let's get on this. So either, yeah, we can bank on him, Jesse, but I would like it the impact to be right now. All right. I'm with you on that. It'll be interesting to see going forward. Ultimately, I do not think the Blue Jays do sign him, but we'll see. Riley, I've got some news and notes here for you. Alec Manoa finished third place in AL Cy Young Award voting. So he did not win the award, but a third place finish in his second year or his first full season for Alec Manoa is pretty good. And Kevin Gosman finished tied for ninth. I think I'm on record saying I like the chances of Kevin Gosman winning this award next year. Might even sprinkle some money on that. I don't know. But two Blue Jays in the top 10 for AL Cy Young Award. Got a quick thought on that. I mean, Verlander had one heck of a year and ceased it to the young pitcher in Chicago. I don't know if a ton of people who don't, you know, aren't just Jays. If you're just a Jays fan, casual listener, whatever, Dylan Cease is a great power pitcher. You've really probably heard year. of Justin Verlander. He once threw a no-hitter against us. Twice. And Twice Verlander, I mean, he is... Oh, yeah, thank you. Thanks thanks <laughs> yeah. to remind us. Um, Verlander is... Um, an Iron Man, as far as modern day pitchers go, he is still got it. Uh, you won't find that anywhere else among Major League Baseball because he throws way harder than guys like Zach Ranke. Um, I think he's an elite company. He's his second uh, second Cy Young and only uh, whatever amount of pitchers. I think he, he's he's in company with with Roger Clemens, Randy Johnson. I mean, really going business, to the right. I mean. So the fact that Manoa, in his first real full season, 
can finish third in that. I mean, that's saying something. I mean, Gosman finished in ninth. We talked about this. The fifth was just was just wild beyond all belief this yeah, year. The yeah. Or Babip, sorry, Babip and um and Gosman. We like the eyeball test for Kevin Gosman has him in the top five for Cy Young voting for me. Mm-hmm. He'll be the next year. He oh he he certainly will be. He is got he has got a good year coming up. I know that a lot of our players do. We'll get way more into that as the offseason goes on because I don't want to sp- spoil or jinx. But yeah, I feel good about Manoa finishing third. I feel real good about that. Me too. Uh, some more news and notes here with Teoscar Hernandez now being traded. Ooh, Riley, trivia time. Can you guess who the longest tenured Toronto Blue Jay is right now? Um, it is Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Incorrect. It is actually Tim Meza is now the longest uh, tenured Blue Jay. Lourdes Gurriel does uh, have to be high on that list, though. I don't have the complete list. I, I'm, I'm going off when he got signed out of Cuba. Yeah. But Tim Meza, that's fair. That's fair. I should have I should have known better. Mm-hmm. Ernie Witts has been named manager for Team Canada at the 2023 World Baseball Classic. Riley, I know I'm really excited for the World Baseball Classic. In fact, maybe as we get closer to March and spring, we might even do like a Team Canada preview, which I think will be really fun. But good to see Ernie Wett behind the bench. I know we are big fans of him. Uh, this is a first real good catcher the Blue Jays had and was for a long time. So that's really cool, man. I like that. Um, Blue Jays have had some very memorable, memorable catchers over the years. And I would say that it probably would have started with Ernie Witt. Um, I'm kind of, kind of upset. Really, really would have also, if it wasn't Ernie Witt, I really was rooting for Stubby Clap being the manager. Canadian ball player. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Stubby Clap. If you guys haven't seen it, Stubby Clap has probably one of the most ridiculous ejections when he throws a grenade, a.k.a. the rosin bag, at the umpire from behind the pitcher's mound. He lobs it over. Stubby Clap played second base in the National League. Didn't play a lot, managed a lot, and good Canadian boy. I have some breaking news here, Riley. Aaron Judge was just announced um, MVP as not a surprise. I was rooting for Shohei, but he was just announced here. And I'm trying to find the full list. It looks like Bo Bichette actually got two third place votes for MVP. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. actually got a second place vote. Um, But Bo Bichette is actually going to finish higher in MVP voting than, um, well, any other Blue Jay, really. Ahead of Adley Rutschman, ahead of Devers, ahead of Vladis. And Alec Manoa actually got a few MVP votes. I think he got a fourth and a fifth place vote here. So some Blue Jays getting MVP votes. Surprised by Bo Bichette being the highest Blue Jay on that list? I mean, those are those those guys doing the ticker for the third place must be old school guys like me who really like the hit column. Those would have been counting stats guys for sure when it comes to that. And then um, basically for Vlad, I'm not surprised that Bo finished higher than Vlad. Next year, though, the, the MVP voting is going to be much different. No spoilers, of course. Mm-hmm. But I'm not surprised that Bo did finish higher than Vladimir Guerrero. Also, I guess congratulations to Eric Judge. Aaron Judge. It became like pretty evident to me, anyways, before the month of September that he was going to do some really amazing things for the game of baseball. I mean, let's not forget though. I don't care about steroids. Sammy Sosa hit yeah, seventy never home. <laughs> I are sorry. Sammy Sosa hit sixty home runs three separate times, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, I'm just going to leave it there. I actually <laughs> lied. I didn't look at the full list here. Bobochet received a few seventh place votes, not uh, uh-huh. seventh place votes here. He finished eleventh in MVP voting. 
Vladdy was down further. Uh, Aaron Judge, 28 out of the 30 first place votes with Shohei Otani getting the other two. And Jordan Alvarez finishing third. So maybe next year we'll get a Toronto Blue Jay up that high on the MVP leaderboard. Riley, we do have a Blue Jay who changed his jersey number. Mm. Whit Merrifield is not number one anymore. He's now switched to number 15. So you'll see that if you have a number one Whit Merrifield jersey, it's time to uh, upgrade to get number 15 with Merrifield on the back. And also, if anyone has a number one Whit Merrifield jersey, you are a sicko because <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that I don't know why you would have did did that. You're better off getting a Yusei Kikuchi jersey Ooh. for sure. For sure, you are a number one. The n- number one is not good. A, not a good baseball number. That's a goalie number. If you're the if you're a catcher and wear number one, that's okay. When Whit wore that, I'm. I would never say that on the pod. I'm not a fan of number one. And mm. if and never number zero. Players who wear number zero are are zeros. So never do that. Do Taking you, a job you, at Marcus Stroman here. Or, uh... Uh, well, he doesn't play for us anymore, so that's right, fine. Sure. You want to find a good? You want to find a good baseball number? Wear something in the twenties. I wear number twenty-six. That's a mm. great number. Ken Griffey Jr. twenty-four. I mean, twenty-seven. You got it behind you. How many great players were twenty-seven? Mike Trout Colby, wears twenty-seven. Like, uh, yeah, and Colby Rasmus wore number twenty-eight. So there you go. That's all <laughs> you need right there, Jesse. So you're listening into uh, minute 40 of the podcast to hear Riley's jersey number takes. We know we're really hitting our stride mm-hmm. so when we get here. Um, one more bit of newsy thing here. The Blue Jays did make some 40-man roster moves. We have DFA'd Rymel Tapia and Blue Jays legend Bradley Zimmer. So long, friends. We mentioned that earlier in the episode. Um, we both kind of figured they would be non-tendered. It does suck. The Blue Jays did add a ton of prospects because the Rule 5 draft is coming up this weekend. So we have added Spencer Horwitz, Addison Barger, or Elvis Martinez, and Yasver Zuleta to the 40-man roster. And left-handed pitcher who was pitching in Buffalo, Foster Griffin, has been released because I think he's going to play overseas somewhere in Japan. So unless something notable happens here, prospects Gabriel Martinez and Adrian Hernandez, guys who are playing pretty low levels in our system but did do some spectacular things this year, were left unprotected, and they should be some names to watch in the rule five draft that maybe other teams might claim so keep an eye on that yeah the rule five one's always funny if uh i we're not going to be picking up a player in the rule five draft there's I, a chance uh, but i also don't with the outfielders but i mean there would have to be some pretty juicy names for some ready mlb players if anything we pick it up in the bullpen or we pick it up in the outfield but a very low chance jesse i predict that um, my Oakland A's uh, open it wide open and take basically 20 players. <laughs> <laughs> fill their roster uh, with Rule 5 guys. <laughs> fill their roster with Rule 5 guys and just start right over again. I'm sure they get the first pick in the draft in this year coming because they're probably not going to win if Sean Murphy's hitting in the cleanup spot. But hey, they might not lose 115 games this year, whatever it was. We know you'll be watching some Oakland A's West Coast baseball for sure. The Blue Jays have had some decent Rule 5 picks in our past. Um, Joe Biagini was actually quite good on the playoff runs in 2015 and 2016. I think our most most recent one um, was Elvis Luciano, who was in the back end of our bullpen for a while, but we kept him on the roster for a full year. Um, and remember, Jordan Romano was actually claimed by another team in the Rule 5 draft. I think it was either Texas or Cincinnati. One of them had him, but then they sent him down and uh, the Blue Jays got him back. So we're very thankful for that. And that might be the case here with Gabriel Martinez or Adrian Hernandez if another team does decide to claim them. I mean, uh, but but also added to that, no concern, Blue Jays fan, because that won't happen in the turnaround. Will not be like Jordan Romano. Rule mm-hmm. five players are certainly um, 
guys at the end of the rope. This is the this is basically the rule five is a chance for you to play MLB baseball. And Jordan Romano was a wild exception to that because he went on to have a fantastic year this year and I'm sure is going to you know have a few more great years for sure as their Toronto Blue Jays closer. Well, Riley, with that being said, I don't have anything else I want to mention to you today. We went through a lot of uh, business stuff. We had to really react to the trade. I'm still feeling kind of upset. It's I get it. We get why they did the trade, but losing Teo, man, that sucks. He was so fun to root for. He hit the two home runs in the wild card game we were at before disaster happened. And like, it's special player, special person. I think we're really going to miss him. Do you have anything else you want to say about Teo? Uh, no, man, it's, uh, it sucks, but, uh, I hope he goes on and has a good, uh, I'm sure he won't spend a ton of time in Seattle. Um, I think this might be a rental for them. They're in the same spot as us. They just want to go the other way. They want a slugger. And then who knows? So I just, Teo, as a Blue Jays fan, if you're listening somewhere, get this through, please. In 2024, do not sign with the Red Sox or Yankees. Please, yes. Sincerely, Riley, that's all. Tao, we love you. You're a great, we're a great player for this ball club, and we wish you the best. And Tao, if you are watching, um, can you do what some of our fans should do? And please subscribe to the channel. Toss us a like. Uh, hit us a retweet or something. Throw us on your Instagram, Tao Oscar. We need all the help we can get. We're uh, some of your big supporters here, and we're glad you're listening. Um, that will do it for our show, though. Like I said, please like and subscribe. Please follow us on Twitter at BudsJays. We're pretty active on Twitter. We mentioned earlier we did some Eric Swanson videos. We're, we'll get into some conversations with you. We'll have some nice Blue Jays debate. Our opinions might not always be right, but we'll talk to you, and we'll listen to you through them. You can follow us on Instagram as well, where we, sometimes we post some polls. We do some cool Blue Jays-related stuff. Uh, we might throw something up there a little later tonight, too. And if you have a question or comment, want to be on the show, you know we're still looking for always for more people to join us on the show here. You can email us at budsandbluejays at hotmail.com. As always, make sure you check out our friends over at Leafs and Lads. And if you're a sports gambler, check out Gambling Canuck on TikTok. We've mentioned him here on the podcast before. Join our Discord. I post picks in there. If that's your type of thing, cup of tea. Join us in there. Riley, any last words before we uh, call her a day here? Nope. We're going to get we're going to get more transactions here. We might have a yeah. slow we might have a slow week, Jesse, coming up, and that's okay. Um, if you want to be on the show, let either Jesse and I know because uh, we had a trivia with our one of our favorites, Mr. Kyle Gould. We might do some fun activities in the future. If it's a slow week, like we said, we're in the off season. Our viewers can decide, you know, most of the time, Jesse and I will decide, um, you know, what we're talking about. We got to cover the big news, obviously, but we mm -hmm. like to have some fun. If you guys want to have some fun, let us know. But Jesse, for now, it's sayonara to Teo and we move forward, guys. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Buds and Blue Jays, man. Like and subscribe what Mr. Burrow said. Yeah. We, we love doing this. We love doing this. It's obviously the off season, but we're here. We're talking baseball, and we'll be back in this in the spring to cover the actual games. Can't wait, man. Really excited. We'll see you guys again next week. Thanks again. Thanks, guys.